Welcome to the Strongstown United Methodist Church. Join us for worship each Sunday morning at 11. Here's this week's message. All right, my scripture reading today, and I hope some people will open their Bibles to Genesis chapter 24, because I'm going to be referring to some things today from actually the 15th chapter through this one. And I am going to read, actually I'm going to read 34 through 49. Okay. So he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master abundantly, and he has become wealthy. He has given him sheep and cattle, silver and gold, man, men servants and maid servants, and camels and donkeys. Excuse me. My master's wife, Sarah, has borne him a son in her old age, and he has given him everything he owns. And my master made me swear on an oath and said, you must not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I live. But go to my father's family and to my own clan and get a wife for my son. When I asked my master, what if the woman will not come back with me? He replied, the Lord before whom I have walked will send his angels with you and make your journey a success so that you can get a wife for my son from my own clan and from my father's family. Then when you go to my clan, you will be released from my oath. Even if, you re even if they refuse to give her to you, you will be released from my oath. When I, when I came to the spring today, I said, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, if you will please grant me success to the journey on which I have come. See, I am standing beside this spring. If a maiden comes out to draw water, and I say to her, please let me drink a little water from your jar. And if she says to me, drink, and I'll draw water for your camels too, let her be the one the Lord has chosen for my master's son. Before I finished praying in my heart, Rebecca came out with her jar on her shoulder. She went down to the spring and drew water. And I said to her, please give me a drink. She quickly lowered her jar from her shoulder and said, drink and I'll water your camels too. So I drank and she watered the camels also. I asked her, whose daughter are you? She said, the daughter of Bethuel, son of Nahar, whom Melchi bore to him. Then I put the ring in her nose and the bracelets on her arms, and I bowed down and worshiped the Lord. I praised the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who had led me on the right road to get the granddaughter of my master's brother for his son. Now if you will show kindness and faithfulness to my master, tell me. If not, tell me so I may know which way to turn. This is the word of God for the people of God. I'm hoping to use the scripture from Matthew as closing to let you know. Well, I want you to think about this story. It actually goes back. You kind of have to do a quick look back to Genesis 15, excuse me, 15, where Abraham doesn't have a son. And he tells the Lord that everything he has is going to his servant, Eleazar of Damascus. Now, I'm assuming that this is the same servant 
that Abraham is sending to get a son, I mean get a wife for his son. So he sends him to his native land. Now remember, Abraham was asked to leave, to leave his home country and go to Canaan. Because Canaan was promised to his family and to his people. And he says, if you read the first part of 24, Abraham makes an oath with his servant. And that servant on oath says that he will go to that land. And he will find a suitable wife for Isaac. So they go. He takes a, a group of people with him. He takes camels. And he goes to the homeland that where his where Abraham's brother, Nahor, is Nah yes, did I say it right? Yeah, Nahor is living. When he gets there, he goes to the spring. Now in their towns, the spring would have been right outside of the village. And it's usually a man-dug spring. Now you can imagine, this is kind of a desert area. So I imagine it took them quite a while to dig a spring deep enough that they could get water. And then the whole village uses that water. So now the servant stops at this spring. But he doesn't draw any water for himself. And I can imagine that after his travels, he's probably pretty thirsty. But he says this prayer to Abraham's God. And that's the part I really want to focus on today, but I want to get the story together first. So the first maiden that comes out is Rebekah. And he has said this prayer that the first maiden that arrives at the spring... When she draws water, I will ask her for a drink. And if she offers me a drink and offers to water the camels, then I will know that this is the maid to take home for Isaac. So Rebekah comes out and he says to Rebekah, can I have a drink? And she gives him a drink and she says, yes, I will water your camels. He didn't even ask her that part, right? And it's interesting because... I read that the camels would take about 25 gallon of water apiece. Now, I didn't say exactly how many he had, but even if he only had two, that's 50 gallon of water that she would have had to draw on. That would have taken a little while, wouldn't it? But she was willing to do that. And I want you to think about, first off, that here's a servant of Abraham that believes in Abraham's God. He believed in, in the God that Abraham served. And we know that God and Abraham had a great relationship, that God called Abraham righteous. And so this servant, spending the time that he did with Abraham, and now Abraham is, uh, I was going to look that up and I forgot, but it's like 120 years old. He's getting up there in years because we know that they didn't have Isaac till he was 100 years old. And now he knows that he's in his last days. So he wants to get a wife for Isaac. And he wants to give all of his possessions to his son. Even though he did have other sons. I don't know how many of us have really followed the whole story. He had a son prior to that to the maidservant, right? But then he had to force the maidservant and that son to go away. And then it says later... Most of us kind of miss this part of the story. He actually got another wife after Sarah had died. And he had other children. But he's giving everything 
to Isaac, his son to his wife. But the part that's interesting to me is that the servant, the servant believed in his God. The servant was willing to take that journey to find the wife. The servant, when he got there, he prayed to God. He prayed to God. He asked for a sign first, right? But he prayed to God that he would find that maid, sir, the maiden that would be the one for Isaac. Now, it's interesting. Are we allowed to ask for a sign? Sometimes we wonder, what do you think? Are we allowed to ask God for a sign? I believe we can. I believe we can. And I got thinking about it. You know, I tried to think in my mind, when did I, and I know I probably have many a times, said to God, show me a sign. But the one sign that I want to give you a quick story about was when I first joined the Methodist Church, on the exact day that I joined the church, the pastor there, who was actually a woman, came to me after church and handed me a paper and said, this is for lay classes. They start this afternoon. I think you need to go. And I said, well, wait a minute. If they've already signed up in that, maybe there won't be an opening. She said, there'll be, trust me. And I went to that first lay class. And, I, and you had to go to five lay classes on Sunday afternoons in a row, five in a row. And I drove semi over the road. And being home on a weekend was almost a rarity at that time. And I asked God for a sign. I said, God, if this is what you want me to do, I'll be home these five weekends. And I have to say that I never missed a weekend. That I was there. God made sure that, that He traded loads or whatever happened. It seemed like that every Sunday I was there and I made that lay class. And I knew then where God really wanted me to be. I mean, I knew I felt the calling many years before that, but that was really the, I guess the seal for the deal is kind of what I think of it. Because God proved to me that He can make anything happen. And He made it happen that I was there those five Sundays. And from there, I took many lay classes. I think I've taken about 12 lay classes before going into the licensing school. But I asked for a sign. And I believe we all have that right to ask God for a sign on certain occasions. And I think God proves Himself to us when we get that sign. When it happens. And this is what happened to the servant. He asked God for a sign. But he believed in God. And it's amazing as a servant that he believed in God. Now, we all say that we believe in God. And we know a lot of people that say they believe in God. I'm sure we all do. We, we talk to a lot of people that, are, that claim to be Christians. And yet... We don't believe in God the way we should. The way we should. Now let me emphasize that. We don't necessarily believe the way we should believe. We believe that it's great if we come to church on Sunday, we spend our hour, and then we kind of forget about God, don't we? We have this tendency to get so busy in our lives that we forget about God. And I understand when you're working, it's hard to do. When you're working, sometimes it's hard to, to take that time to pray. But no matter what we are doing, we can say to God, help me through this day. Help me to be safe today. Help everything that I do 
to go the way that you want it to go. I know this week is, I guess I probably shouldn't say this, but I started a new job with Pepsi this week. And I prayed every day that we had a safer ride. I prayed that, that I could learn what they wanted me to learn because every company has their own way of doing things. And I prayed that I could get through their orientation so that I could actually drive without having somebody else be the driver and me sitting in the passenger seat. I don't know about you, but I hate that passenger seat. I like to be under the wheel. I like to feel the control. And it went very well this week, needless to say. But here's a servant that believed in God, that trusted God. And sometimes we fail to trust God. And I believe that that is part of what we need to think about. How well do we trust God? How strong is our belief? We know that Abraham had a strong belief. We know that, that God gave him a son when he was 100 years old. And now he's close to 120. I, I, I know it said somewhere there and I forgot the number. I'm sorry. But he's an older man. And I can't imagine remembering all these things when I'm 100 because I don't plan on making it. But I, I forget things now. So can you imagine? He's over 100. And yet his servant, his servant believed in his God. His servant knew God through Abraham. Do we live our lives so that other people see God in us or through us? You know, we quite often use that term. May we be the hands, the feet, the face of Jesus Christ. But we have to live that way no matter where we are, no matter who we're talking to. We need them to know that we believe in God. And we can't sometimes fail at that. We fail at that sometimes. And I believe that that's what we need to learn out of this lesson. That Jesus is there. And He's guiding our lives. And we have the right to ask Him for proof. We have the right to believe in Him because Abraham believed in Him. Because someone in our family believed in Him. Someone in our family prayed for us or we wouldn't be here today. There was a lot of people in my family had to pray for me, trust me. And a lot of people that weren't in my family probably did a better job. But think about it. How many people have blessed you with their prayers that you are a believer? Many of us, right? We can't do this on our own. We might think we can, but we need community. We need connections. We need someone to lean on. We need someone to help us through the day. Every day, we need Jesus. We need Jesus to guide us through this. And we need Jesus to help us to make the right decisions and do the right things and to be the people that He's called us to be. I want to read this from Matthew quick. Running out of time slowly here. Yes, I know you've got to go. <laughs> from Matthew chapter 11, I'm going to begin at uh, verse 20. Wait a minute, did I get the wrong one? No, 16. 16 through 19 and 25 through 30. To what can I compare this generation? They are like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a derish and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking. 
And they say, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking. And they say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her actions. And dropping down to 25. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and rebuilt them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden light. Think of these words. He said that he, he's given the message to the children. When I read that, I thought, is he talking children in a certain age bracket? Or is he talking our minds that are like children? Because, uh, you know, they say you can grow up, but you can still be a child of heart, right? So I believe that God has actually given this message to any one of us who doesn't know about him. So we're children in Christianity. We're children at knowing God. But he's given us the message, just the same as he gave the message to the servant of Abraham. And he gives that message to us so that we, in turn, can share that message. So that we can believe that message the same as the servant believed. So that we can trust Jesus the same as those who have, have passed it on to us. And he tells us that the Father is revealed in the Son. The Son is revealed in the Father. So think about the Trinity. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We need to believe in the Trinity. But this last part is what I really wanted to get to. He says, come to, you, come to me, all who are weary. I believe most of us get weary. We get times that we are down. We get times that we are struggling to get through the day. But God is there. Jesus is right there if you just ask Him to help you. Ask Him for the strength to get through the day. Ask Him and He will hold your hand. He will lift you up. And He will help you through each day. He says, take my yoke. Now, I don't know about you. I was going to do a, a, a story on yokes. Hey, uh, can you help me a second there, young lady? Josie, you got a second? Sure, I know I can count on my girl. That's kind of, I didn't make a whole lot, but kind of so people can share them. That's a picture of an old style yoke. A yoke would have been some kind of a wooden, we'll say bar, that went across two animals. And then the animals would be together. So that if one turned, the other one had to turn. If one went straight, the other one had to. So they worked together as a team. Now that's kind of an old style that was on there because it had like frames that would go down over their necks because it was for oxen. But a yoke can be anything that connects two people or two of anything, animals, whatever. 
So this yoke could be a different style. But Jesus is saying the yoke that connects us with Him. We should be connected to Jesus Christ so that we can serve Him. That when He tells us to go this way or that way, we go as a group. Not that we go our own way, but that we have Jesus going with us. That we listen to the servant, that listen to His Master to go find this maiden. <coughs> Excuse me. But we should be yoked with Jesus Christ. We should be connected to Him in some way that every decision we make, every move that we make, that we follow Him. So are, <coughs> are we connected to Jesus Christ? Do we believe? <coughs> Do we believe like that servant believed? <coughs> we are God's children. And we need to be connected. And we need to believe the same as the servant of Abraham. And that's what I want you to think about today. Are we connected to Jesus Christ without that piece of wood that made the connection? The difference should be that we are connected spiritually. And we are believers of God. <coughs> Let us pray. Gracious God, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for all that you are and all that you will be. We thank you for the connection that we have to you, that we might serve you according to your will. May we be the people that you've called us to be. And may we believe, just like that servant believed many, many years ago. And may we trust in you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. <clears throat>